0: Hello and welcome to our living room, all you lovely people. Um, It's so good to have you here with us. Unfortunately, you're still in our living room at the moment because our kitchen is a little bit echoey at the moment.
1: Yeah, there's nothing in it. We had a brilliant plan of getting it all done in two weeks and the kitchen is still not done, not fully done. And it's week six, seven, something (laughs) like that. Yeah. Um, Well, this week I had my first, I haven't had this in about a year and a half. I had my first diary clash two actual things I was meant to be doing at the same time who even remembers things like that it's really weird it is a little bit overwhelming suddenly having all this stuff going on I don't know if you're finding that um but we're loving kind of different things being able to happen again being able to see people that is definitely worth kind of the slight overstretch of getting back into life so
0: yeah i really enjoyed going to the in-person service for the first time this last sunday Mm -hmm. um and i love the fact that my kids got to go to king's kids as well and Mm -hmm. that takes us seamlessly to the next video which is an update about king's kids
2: hello and welcome to king's kids news (coughs) i am professor jess and this morning i'm going to be showing you some updates from King's Kids. Now we have loved being back in the building, and one of the things we love doing together is worship. Let's take a look to see what we've been up to. fun i love being all together to so praise god it has been so cool another thing that we have been doing is we've set up a new group for fours to five-year-olds it's been so great this group has some pretty cool kids in it and they will tell you what they love about the new group doing mm. pictures uh,
3: the car singing singing
2: be on and Let me play with the toys.
4: Good.
2: That's right. We have a great time in our group. One of our amazing leaders, Natalia, has been interning with us for the last few months, but sadly she's going home soon. So I thought I would ask her some things to find out what she's been up to. So, Natalia, what have you been up to over the last 4 months here?
5: So um, I arrived here with a bit of a crazy situation with Covid and lockdown, so everything started online until finally we could come back into the building. We started Sundays in person, we've had another midweek group in person with the kids, done a lot of games, challenges, so many things that has just made it all amazing. So what I have enjoyed most is seeing so many kids coming to church because it's amazing to see the kids grow throughout these four months that I've been here. Also, the team I've been working with have been great, they've encouraged me a lot, they pushed me to do uh, many things and so just get out of my comfort zone and just make the most of this opportunity I have and it's just been great. Unfortunately I've come to the end of my time here with King's Kids and I'm very sad about it but I'm also very encouraged and full of energy to just go back and just show what i've learned here and just carry on doing things with kids and yeah just following on what god has started here but
2: very ah, sad. Oh, natalie that's been so fun having you thank you so much for everything you've done for us the kids have loved it we have loved it we're gonna miss you so much you truly are so special it has been so fun showing you guys what we've been up to thank you so much for joining me and i'm sure i will see you soon goodbye
0: i'm probably going to leave someone out now but a massive thank you to anil jess natalia nikki gary and everybody in the king's kids team the job that you guys do is amazing
1: really yeah we've appreciated it so much um, especially over all these different changes over the last however long so thank you Um, We're going to spend time worshipping together now and um, I mean just before we watch that we were just talking about the overwhelm of life changing and things starting up and the rest of it but actually coming into God's presence is a spacious place and I feel like he's been speaking to me recently about the still waters and the spacious place and how he just draws us into that place even in the midst of anything else going on. Um, I've got a song playing in my car over and over at the moment um, called Be Still and just knowing him in the midst of it all so I'm just going to pray for us as we go into worship now Father would you help us to come and be still in your presence help us to enter into the spacious place with you let our souls find rest as we come just to gaze on you to enter your presence and to just lift up your name. Thank you for all that you are, God. Thank you for who you are and who you call us to be. God, thank you for your goodness towards us. We worship you, God.
3: Did you feel the mountains tremble? Did you hear the oceans roar? When the people rose to sing up. Jesus Christ, the an One. Did you feel the people tremble? Did you hear the singers roar? When the lost began to sing up, Jesus Christ, the saving one. And we can see that, God, you're moving a mighty the through the nations. The young and old will turn to Jesus. Bring
4: wide you heavenly.
3: Might you in
6: The King of glory Coming on the clouds with fire The whole earth shakes. The whole earth shakes. I see His love and mercy Washing over all our sin people sing the people sing and hosanna 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 in the highest hosanna 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 in The God you say I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith, this selfless faith. I see a near revival, oh, it's stirring as we pray and seek, we're on our knees, we're on our knees, Hosanna, Hosanna. Yeah, time. From here to eternity. Hosanna! Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! Hosanna! 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 Hosanna Hosanna in the highest
7: Hosanna in the highest Hosanna We sing your praise a wake up my soul and sing sing his praise aloud for he is so worthy of all the glory oh Lord. come on. the holy spirit will welcome me Come invade this place. Come and change us. Wake up our souls for your glory. There it comes. Go through the caverns of my soul pouring me to all glory now in Spirit come and fill this place every heart every home let your glory Come and feel this place. Oh, let your queen. just wait on the Holy Spirit He is the Spirit of the living God He searches everything, even the depths of God Himself Come Holy Spirit Search our hearts Fill us Fill us afresh Holy Spirit We long for you, we long for you, Holy Spirit, we need you, we honor you, come. so Spirit of the Living God, come, fall afresh on me, come, awake me from my sleep and blow.
1: presence with us God. Thank you for just coming and meeting with us. pray that we just continue to encounter you this morning. Yeah and this morning we just want to take a minute to pray for a particular group of people in our community and that's those who have been struggling with long-term illness and people who have chronic conditions and ongoing um, struggles that really impact their life and whether that's you personally or whether you care for someone in that position or whether um, you're friends with someone We just want to um, be brothers and sisters and stand together and pray. So let's just do that now and take a moment
0: Lord Jesus we pray for people who are sick right now People who have been sick for a long time. Mm. Just pray that they know your compassion That they'd be able to look up and look towards you and see your eyes looking down on them. yeah, Your eyes that know what it feels like to be in pain, to feel mm-hmm. rejection, but yet your eyes that really love and really care. Mm. I pray that people would just be able to see that and experience that right now. Yes, God. That you care. Lord, we also want to be a church though that believes in the power to heal
4: mm.
0: and the power your power to do the miraculous and we pray for people who are sick that you'd come into their situation right now and that you change something Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right now in Jesus name as you taught us we declare healing it seems weird to do this online but that is this is the platform that we have right now Mm So we declare healing in Jesus' name, healing in Jesus' name for anyone who's suffering from any form of sickness, but especially those with long-term sickness, that your power would be there to heal, Mm -hmm. that your power would be with them and on them right now, that you'd carry them through, Lord, but that you'd bring healing as well for your glory. Reveal your glory and reveal your power in Jesus' name.
1: Yes, God. Yeah, and Father, we pray for anyone who's caring for someone Mm. um, with long-term illness. Would you bring refreshment? Would you bring fresh hope? Would you bring life? And we just pray blessing over those relationships. God, we thank you for people who just serve and pour themselves out for others and pray that you would just bring such blessing over them in this time, God. So, Father, we lift our brothers and sisters up to you. So, would you encounter them Mm. this morning, God? Um, yeah, and just come and rest on every person who's needing that fresh, fresh touch. Thank you so much, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 And feel free to um, mention in the chat. You can click on the live the button for live prayer if you'd like someone to pray with you. Um, we just we're going to be moving on to our preach in a moment, but we just wanted to say that if you do want to donate to King's Arms, it's www. slash donate, and that money does go to um, helping us to do things like reach out and support people and really walk with them through difficult times. So, just want to encourage you if you're able to do that, um, you can do so online. Yeah. So now, um, Charlene Framingham is going to be speaking to us yeah. and we're really excited about go that. Go South Africa! <laughs> I, I'm introducing this because I have an English accent and otherwise it's just too much South African in one go. So yeah, we're um, just really excited to hear all she's got to bring. She's such a blessing to us as a church. She's so prophetically gifted um, and just carries so much wisdom and authority. So yeah, Charlene.
0: You're about to be blessed. <laughs>
8: Hey guys, it's so good to be with you today. My name is Charlene, and I'm part of the staff here at King's Arms. And if you haven't figured out yet, I am South African, as you can hear by my accent. And one of my favorite things about living in this country is the summers that we have here. I love it when there's blue skies, 23 degrees and a slight breeze. Get the paddling, pull out and put the meat on the barbie. And um, there's just something about enjoying the sunshine, but then it gets to a point doesn't very happen very often, where the heat just gets a bit too much. It gets a bit muggy and oppressive. And all we really need is a bit of rain. And those are the times where I can't wait for the thunderstorm to come in. There's something beautiful, exciting and terrifying about the thunderstorm coming in and changing the atmosphere as it brings release and the coolness comes and you just feel alive again. And, and I think um, there's something exciting about looking at a storm. We're gonna be looking at a storm today But the thing about a storm is that your perspective affects how you see the storm. So if you're at home in your brick house, all comfy and cozy, it can seem like an exciting event. If you're out in an open field and maybe you're stuck under a tree, then it's a little bit more terrifying, a little bit more vulnerable. And um, the perspective of where you are will then determine how you feel and see that storm in your life. So that brings me to today's text that we're looking at. That's in Mark 4, verse 35 to 41. You've probably heard of this piece before. It's a well-known piece. It's said to be an eyewitness account because of all the details in the text. We think Peter probably was the eyewitness, but we're not 100% sure. So look out for the details um, and, and just pay attention to those. I'm not going to cover all of them today. But the great thing about the Gospels is that it gives us a perspective of who Jesus was as a man, but also who he was as fully God. And that's a beautiful thing to see as you read any of the Gospels. Great. Let's look at Mark 4, 35 to 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Even the wind and waves obey him. What a great piece of scripture. Um, There's something called a storm theology, which all of us probably have. And a storm theology is the way that we respond to God when a crisis hits or when a storm comes into our lives. For some of us, we might think, God, you're still good. And that might be your storm theology. And for others of us, it might be, where are you, God? Why have you abandoned me? And so how we view the storm can often reveal what's in our heart and whether we tend to go with faith or with fear in those moments. I remember when I was going through a storm personally, I had um, something called vestibular neuritis and a vestibular migraine, which happened about four years ago. I was leaving church. All of a sudden, I lost all sense of balance. and was on the floor, got taken away by an ambulance. And the journey I went through was struggling day in and day out in weeks and weeks and months on end with being able to just feel safe, just being able to walk. It felt like I was always walking on a boat and I ended up spending hours and hours and hours in bed, just lying completely still going, God, why have you let this happen to me? I just want to serve you. I just, want to, I just want to do things with my life to glorify you. But it was in those moments of just lying still in bed when all I could do was listen to preachers. All I could do was listen to worship to help me get out of anxiety, to help me get out of the fear and panic attacks. It was then that I met Jesus. And it was in that moment that there was a verse that stood out to me, which is 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, which says... For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And it was in that moment that I knew that Jesus was teaching me to not partner with fear and to know that he had given me power even when I was lying there doing nothing, that he was pouring out his love to me. I didn't, I didn't deserve it in any way. I wasn't doing anything to get his love. He was just pouring it out on me and that he wanted to still, still my mind from anxieties and fears. Storms have an incredible way of growing us and showing us more of who Jesus is. When we need him the most, we see him the most. So if we look at this text um, about Jesus calming the storm, we can look at Jesus's life and he's been fully man. He's exhausted. He's been preaching all day to the crowds. He's been sharing parables. He's been healing the sick. He's so tired. I'm sure there's many parents of newborn babies that can identify right now. Jesus is so ready to take a nap, and he knows he needs to get to the other side because he's got a God appointment there. There's a man there who's oppressed with um, the the demonic, and he knows he's going there to bring freedom and to set this man free. You might remember the story as he lives in the cave, and Jesus casts the demons into the pigs. So Jesus gets into the boat. There's other boats around him, and he says to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. It's probably a sailboat there in the Sea of Galilee, which is actually not a sea at all. It's a freshwater lake that sits really low down surrounded by mountains. So it's a, a perfect bowl for a storm. And in those moments when Jesus is sleeping, all of a sudden the winds pick up. Now, these guys are fishermen. They've fished on this lake before. They know that storms happen. So at this point, they're not too terrified. But then there's like a washing machine effect that starts happening. And, And the waves are coming over the boat. They're probably up to 10 feet high. They're at the point where they think they might actually die. And they've seen Jesus do miracles on the land. But they've never been in a position where he's had to save them before. So at this point, they're not looking for a carpenter to help a fisherman. They're looking for divine intervention. They're panicking this pandemonium. They wake him up and they, and then what he says to them, what they, sorry, what they say to him is teacher, don't you care if we drown? Of all the questions you could ask Jesus, the son of God, who's left perfection, he's left heaven to come and serve us and love us and give his life for us. We're asking him, don't you care if we drown? Doesn't that sound all too familiar? Jesus has given his life for us. Jesus Don't you care that I'm not healed, Jesus? Don't you care that I'm living in this crisis? Jesus, don't you care? But the truth is, he cares more than anyone. Jesus then stands up and says, quiet and be still. That is one of the shortest prayers I've ever heard, but it's full of authority and power. And in that moment, everything dies down. And the disciples have taken their eyes off the wind and the waves, and they've put their eyes back on Jesus. Jesus is the one who loves them. Jesus is the one who rescues them and saves them. They've they've realized that they've had orphan thinking and now they're seeing God for who he really is. The Bible says they responded with, who is this even the wind and waves obey him? They were terrified and asked this. It's a different kind of fear at this point. It's a fear of wonder and awe because they see Jesus as fully God in that moment. And that's what happens when we take our eyes off of Jesus. We lose focus of who he really is. And so that inner voice, those inner lies start whispering into our ear. But when we fix our eyes on Jesus and see who he really is, he then calms the storm in us. I really want to talk about fear Today, I feel like it's something the Holy Spirit has highlighted to me. And did you know that it is the most repeated command in the Bible? Do not be afraid. Do not fear. It's it's mentioned over 365 times. It's like God had to give us one for every day of the year because he knew we'd struggle with it. And God commands us not to be afraid, not because he's making us robots that can't feel emotions, but because he knows the enemy uses fear to come and steal and rob and destroy. That we stop believing lies that aren't true, that we start feeling paralyzed with hopelessness and anxiety and fear. And fear, if we let fear dictate us, dictate to us by external circumstances, then we struggle to respond in fear, it almost in faith. It almost robs us from the faith that we need. And when we look at Jesus, those things have to shift. Those things have to go. The reality is faith cannot coexist with fear and nor can love. Love can't coexist with fear. In fact, in 1 John 4 verse 18, it says there is no fear in love a perfect love drives out fear because the fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Jesus wants to replace our fear with love. Do you know that he's a, a loving father? He's not punishing you. You don't have to fear his punishment or his wrath. He wants to show us his love and and he's demonstrated that to us by Jesus on the cross already. There is no greater way for him to demonstrate it. Fear is a crippling emotion. Not only is it spiritually crippling, but it's physically crippling. Did you know that it weakens your immune system, that it, it creates all sorts of problems with your heart and your intestines? And, and you ladies might wanna know this, that it actually creates or accelerates aging. So that's one way to, to slow down and the wrinkles. But the enemy wants to come and stop us with fear. And he wants us to believe the lies that he wants to tell us about God. So, when fear comes knocking on your door, why don't you try and answer it with faith and say, No fear, you have no place here because faith lives here, hope lives lives here, love lives here. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, I'm reading the message version. It says, Don't panic, I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I am your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady and keep a firm grip on you. In Psalm 34 verse 4, it says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. In another version it says, he freed me from my anxious thoughts. We've got a little girl, Caitlin, she's nine and as she was younger, she used to struggle at nighttime when when the lights were out, when it was dark, and she continuously come downstairs downstairs to my husband Dan and myself and say I'm just I've heard a noise or are you sure nobody's going to be able to come into my room and take me are you sure that I'm safe here and so it was fear that kept her from resting and sleeping and we try and coach her through that and and one of the the things I don't know if you've seen my husband he's a big man I was like have you not seen your dad have you not seen his muscles have you not have you not heard the dogs when they bark when anybody comes to the door and and have you have you not Have you not known that I'm here to protect you? And it was coaching her through the truth that we would do anything we could to keep her safe, that we were there to fight for her and protect her. And sometimes we... We come like children, fear of the unknown, fear of the lies in our head. But our dad is bigger and stronger. He's even bigger than my husband, Dan. He's, he's, he's full of authority and he's full of power. And he wants us to rest and know that he is in control and that he is God. So the disciples in this situation are are panicking. It's like some of us, we we look and we crave safety. We want to be in a situation where suffering doesn't exist. But the truth is, there's nowhere safer to be than in the boat with Jesus. He's the safest place to be. And that might not make sense to us sometimes, but where God wants us, he will sustain us. His presence and authority is bigger than the storm in our lives. Did you know that we actually need storms? Physically, we need storms. I was doing a bit of reading on storms and they are created to cool the earth. The updrafts of the wind move pollution. Um, the rainfall washes the pollution out the air. Many continents would be dry without having the storms and the crops would fail. The storm distributes the seeds and the pollen that help remove the old and weak vegetation and allow new growth. Lightning liberates nitrates which fertile the soil and lightning produces 20% of the nitrogen to the soil each and every year. What if God wants to use the storms in your life? It doesn't mean that they're punishment but what if he wants to get rid of some of the polluted thinking? What if he wants to renew your mind? What if he wants to fertilize the soil of your heart? What if he's got massive plans to grow you and to see you come into fruitfulness? When, G- when Jesus looks at us and he sees that the storm come- came to take us, he comes to take us through it. John 10 verse 10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Don't feed your fear, feed your faith. Sometimes faith changes the situation but sometimes faith changes the way that we view a situation and not only does faith mean that we expect God to do something it means that we trust him that he'll do it in his perfect timing sometimes we're impatient and we need god to come now and then when he doesn't come now we think he's failed us but there's something beautiful about trusting him and his timing because there's so much that we don't see and understand there's a beautiful quote simple it says in the meantime is where maturity is developed in the meantime when it's not yet happened that's when maturity is developed. An absence of fear is not the absence of suffering, but it's the absence of fearing suffering. We get freed from that, so our thinking gets freed, our heart gets free. Jesus stands with us in suffering. He is the one who suffered for us so that we could know him and live with him for eternity. I spoke earlier about the disciples' response, which was, who then is this, in verse 41? The question is described as one of of great fear. Literally, they feared a great fear. In fact, it's the same um, response that was used to the angels at Jesus' birth in Luke in Luke, Luke 2 verse 9, sorry. And the NRSV has correctly translated it into great awe. Romans 11 verse 33 says, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. This verse is stirring up in us a need to look at God in awe. I think if we are careful, we can get into routines about hearing stories and thinking, oh, that's great. You know, we we can read the Bible and think, oh, those are great stories. But even this verse has got an exclamation point of it on the end of it. Let us not get bored or unmoved by the amazing things that God has done. When we hear stories, let's celebrate them wildly because God is doing amazing. Just read the Gospels and read them with a view of what if God did that here and now? And you'd see that you'd come to a place of great awe and wonder. We need a right view of God, not an understanding of him. It's illogical for us to think that God is God, all powerful, has all authority, when we expect Him to operate in the way that we need Him to operate, to answer our prayers in the way that we need Him to answer our prayers, because His ways are above our ways. His timing is different to our timing. The awe of God leads us to worship in Him, to praise in Him, to trust in Him, and to be more courageous for Him. When we forget the awe and wonder of God, it can sadly lead us to play into a place of judging God, which is not our place. So we need to know who he is. And when that lie comes and tells us that he's not doing what we think he should be doing. We need to realize who we are and who he is. You just need to look at the verses we've been reading. And even in the last few weeks, Mark 1 talks about Jesus setting the demon oppressed man free. Um, in verses one, two, and three, it talks about Jesus's power to heal sickness. We've just looked at how he overcame nature. And Mark 5 talks about he um, heals the, the disease and he has power over death. I mean, all these things are pretty wild and pr- pretty radical and we could never do them. Only God could do them. And that leads us to a place of knowing that he deserves our all. We are to fear him in a holy way. He is all, and he's awesome. I, um, I lastly want to end on um, talking about praising through the storm, and I I heard a story the other day which completely wrecked me, so I'm gonna try and get through this, but um, it's a story of a family. It happened in 2019. It was the Lloyd family. They went on their annual 4th of July trip down to Holden Beach in North Carolina. So they went to the beach as a family with their cousins, and there was a 12-year-old boy called Levi. He was swimming in the, in the shallow end. And moments later, his father looked around and saw him floating, lifeless in the water. He ran to get him. It took him ashore. At that moment, he was still blue and lifeless. There was a training nurse close by. She ran over to give him CPR. She was thinking, this is hopeless. What are we gonna do? The parents are praying and praying and praying. Just then, two other nurses walk by and they come and help again, thinking this is a hopeless situation. Then off in the distance, the mom hears this little voice getting louder and louder. And it's his little sister looking out at the sea, arms raised, singing, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. I don't know if you know the song. <laughs> but it, it says the king is alive. The mommy's crying and going, sing louder, sing louder. Her little cousins join her and these little kids are worshiping God in the middle of the storm. Her brothers lying, they laughless and they are declaring and praising and worshiping God saying the king is alive. It's such a challenging and provoking response the ambulance comes although it's a 45 minute drive away by the time they get to the hospital things are looking hopeless the doctor's saying you need to expect not good news he's possibly got brain damage because of his lack of oxygen the parents go no we're just going to pray the doctor ends up praying with them and as they transport the boy from the bed to his hospital bed he wakes up and starts talking to his mom totally healed and restored the parents look back at this story, and they say, prayer and worship changed everything in that moment. He's faithful. I feel so provoked by that. Am I able to thank God, not because of my circumstances or not even for the circumstances, but because of who he is, because his character never changes, because he is above the storm and he's with me in the storm. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can we praise Him in the storm because of who He is? Can we praise Him in the storm because of what He's done for us in the past and what we've read He's done in the Bible? Can we praise Him because He does work all things together for the good? It says so in Romans 8, verse 28. Can we praise Him because we know that He's got a resolution even if we can't see it yet? The fact is that He is worthy of our praise. When he takes pleasure in our praise. The angels and heavenly hosts are commanded to praise him. All the inhabitants of the earth are instructed to praise him. We can praise him with singing, with dancing, with shouting, with instruments, with our testimonies. How many of you think that's something that we need to practice? We need to be practice, those practice, practicing praise, those who practice praise. When we praise him, we feel closer to him. We feel more connected to him. In those moments of praise, we're pushing through um, into the father's arms, knowing that he loves us, knowing that he's not punishing us, knowing that he has good for us. Or are we those that push away in silence and withdraw and say, well, Jesus, if you haven't done this for me, I don't wanna be a part of this. I don't wanna be a part of community. I don't wanna read the Bible. And we kind of hold him to ransom. But Jesus is saying, won't you give me, give me your heart even in the middle of the storm? Because when we give him our heart in the storm, not when the storm's over, but when we give him our heart in the storm, that is victory right there. That is perspective and that is faith. In Psalm 34 verse 1, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In Psalm 42 verse 5, it says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me, hoping God, for I shall again praise in my salvation." We don't praise Him because we, we feel like it, because you can still feel sad, you can still feel disappointment, you can still feel down, but that doesn't mean you can't praise Him because we're praising Him for who He is. In that moment, I love in Jeremiah 17, verse 14, it says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise. And some of us are struggling with sickness, and even in the midst of that, we get to praise Him. In praise, worship, and prayers, The victory is won. Victory is not just the other side of the storm. Victory is in the boat with Jesus. When we cry out with faith, with hope, with praise, we get to put our faith and trust in him and praise him in the storm. We get to close the door to fear. This is how we grow and become big people who carry authority and become more like him. This is where we lean into him and understand that we are sons and daughters of a God who carries all authority and all dominion. Amen. I'd just like to um, close in prayer for you guys. I think what I'd love you to do is if you're at home right now, if you just want to stand up, if any of this has resonated with you. Um, for those who have carried fear, maybe in the last season, for those of you that are in the middle of the storm, I think God wants to invite you in this moment to understand who he is, that you would know the awe and wonder of who God is, but that you'd also know that his love is coming to bring freedom to you and fear has to go. So right now, Father God, I just speak your love, your amazing love, your powerful love into the hearts of many today, Jesus, that you would bring freedom. Father, those that have carried fear right now, I pray that you would come and minister to their hearts, Jesus. I pray that you would come and minister to their mind and bring freedom to them in the name of Jesus. I pray that your love would rush in to wherever they're at right now. You know their story, Jesus. And Father God, I pray that they would know your presence with them in the boat. Thank you, Jesus, that just because circumstances aren't changing doesn't mean that you've left. you're right there. Father, I just, I pray that we would be people that practice praise. If that's something you struggle to do, maybe you're the person that's withdrawn. Maybe you're the person who's withdrawn from community, from um, your prayer time, from spending time with Jesus. Father God, I pray that you would soften hearts right now, that they would see who you are, Jesus, that they would be filled with awe and wonder, that you would lift um, their eyes to you, Jesus, that they would be, and those that know that you are good in the midst, of of difficult times, that they would know that you are unfailing in your love, Jesus, that you are the miracle working God, that you are the way maker, Jesus, that you are the one who sits on the throne. And Jesus, I just pray that even um, those that have struggled um, without, with not understanding, that you would help us just understand that we don't have to understand. That doesn't change who you are. So won't you bring freedom right now, Jesus? Won't you pour out your love, Jesus? Won't you come and heal and restore? Or we just speak to any storms right now and we say be quiet be still in the name of Jesus be quiet be still in the name of Jesus we just say when you come and calm the storms right now in Jesus name amen
1: yes God we receive your hope we receive your life God help us this week just to keep our eyes off fear and all the kind of problems and circumstances and keep our eyes on you and the hope and the life you bring us lift our gaze to you Jesus Amen.
0: If you, when you watch these services, feel like you're on the outside looking in, I just want to speak to you right now. You can be part of this and you can have a relationship with Jesus. Mm. You can be a disciple of his. And If that's you and you feel excluded in some way from what's going on, I want to pray for you.
7: Mm.
0: Lord Jesus, I pray for anyone feeling excluded or feeling on the outside right now. I pray that they'd realize that they can have it too. Mm. Lord, I just pray that you'd meet with them yeah. and that they'd know and experience your love and that that would just draw them close to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord, that there's space for anyone who turns to you.
1: Yeah.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that's you, please click on the prayer button
1: yes or if you're not watching this live then you can email into the church and we'd love to be in touch with you so that is all we've got time for this week um we hope you have a great week and we'll see you again soon maybe in person maybe here online um and i hope that you enjoy the sunshine bye see you. Bye. Missing you already. <laughs>